Welcome, everybody, to the Moose Room. This week it is myself and Bradley, so you got the Tag Team Dream Team with you here today. How's it going, Brad? It's going okay. It's winter out. It is, <laughs> yes, winter out. At, at the time we are recording this, it's, let me see, where's my temperature thing? Where I am, it's currently negative five degrees, not including windshield. Oh, we're in a little bit warmer t-shirt weather. We're at minus three. Oh, ho, ho, it is t-shirt weather out there, Morris. All right. Well, <laughs> you know, it gets cold like it does every year in Minnesota, across the upper Midwest, etc. And, you know, we've we've talked through some of this stuff before, but Brad and I thought we would just kind of re-up some of the conversations we've had in the past and and talk a little bit more about, you know, winter. Winter on the farm it being cold, what does that mean for our farms, for our cows, for ourselves, etc. So we're doing a little winter potpourri. I feel like it's been a while since we had a potpourri episode, right? It has. Yeah. It has. It has been a while. Yeah. It so has it's been time. A while. And, and it's Joe, been a while. That, that, and Joe is not here. So, you know, cats exactly. away, etc. All right. So, you know, and I know we talked about this before, but I always like to pick Bradley's brain in winter when it is very, very cold. Because as some of you know, the cows, I don't think all of them or most of them, cows and Morris get outwintered, meaning they are only inside when they are getting milked in the parlor. And I can remember this was several years ago when I was still working in Stearns County. Um, I got a call from somebody who lived in Florida. So we were going through this cold staff snap and she was a cattle rancher in Florida. And she had called me and was just like, you know, I know it's really cold there. That was when we had that like negative 33 day or whatever, you know? And she was like, how do you guys keep your livestock alive when it's that cold? And like, she was genuinely curious, you know, cause she lived in a much warmer climate and she's like, what do you do? You know, how do you do that? And are they just put inside and ventilated and that's it? And, you know, for most people, that maybe is the case. Some people, I should say. But then we got people like Bradley, who's like, we can just have these cows out all year round, you know. Um, so I'm I'm curious, you know, Bradley, what what sorts of things do you do for the cows in particular when it's very, very cold, knowing your cows spend all their time outside? Well, I will tell you this winter has not been the nicest of winters, although some people might think it has been, you know, we had almost 60, de 60 degrees just before the Christmas time. Um, but then on the 24th and 25th of December, we had three inches of rain in Western Minnesota, just like you probably did in the South. So it was kind of cold and rainy and brutal, which is not typical. So that, you know, rain is probably the worst thing to happen to an animal in the wintertime because it kind of gets uh, on their skin. They start shivering. So I was, uh, the, the first thing that we did, at least for that, was I moved some cows that were still on pasture. We still had them out. It was a wonderful fall and winter. But the day it started raining, uh, we decided to move some of them into a barn because I went out and saw some of these cows were shivering and it was like, oh man, this rain is getting to them. We need to move fast. So we moved them 
uh, got that done with. And they're much better now, at least those, those groups of cows that were out, you know, the, when it gets really cold. So in the last few days, it has been minus 40 degrees. And with the if wind you don't know that with a wind chill. And if you don't know, that is where Fahrenheit and Celsius come together at minus 40. So it's kind of crazy. It's really cold. So the biggest thing is to keep them out of the wind. And so we're actually, we're pulling out some chopper boxes, forage boxes, silage boxes, whatever you want to call them out to the pasture to help provide some more windbreak for the animals. You know, some, some had natural windbreaks of trees. Um, some had other man-made ones of some fences, corrals that we had made, but yeah. Cause you guys have some panels in one of your pens. I know that are just, yeah, the man-made windbreak panels. So. Yep. Yep. That, that help. And, but we just, we needed to get more wind. It was pretty brutal. Uh, uh, you know, 40 below zero with the wind can be uh, quite bone chilling. So we, we made some more windbreaks for those animals and, you know, probably the biggest thing else is you have to feed them a little bit more. Uh, you know, these cows are probably going to consume 20 to 30% more feed when it's really cold out just to maintain. So extra feeding and keep them out of the wind is what we've tried to do. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned the rain and the wet and we know rain, wet, cold is well, bad for everybody, very bad for calves. And now I know you have some of your calves in group pens that are on the feeders. Do you also have calves in hutches still at Morris? Not in single individual hutches. We we went away from that. That's that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get the full calf story at a later time. Um, but, you know, we always talk about bedding, bedding for calves, bedding, bedding. Let them drown in bedding, right, so they can get a good nesting. And you're kind of in an interesting situation, right? Because you have calves in super hutches outside. You also have your calves that are in their group pens that are on the automatic feeders. So for those two things, how how do you manage that? You know, I think probably the biggest thing is is more bedding, uh, deep straw bedding that really keeps them warm. Um, as long as you have enough animals in the area to keep them out of the wind. You know, we had one super hutch I was here on Saturday, there's uh, one super hutch had 10 calves and another one had two calves in it just because of how some studies went uh, this fall. But it was like, you know, I weaned those calves, they were done. It was like, well, I'm going to move you over with the, the bigger group so you can stay warm because two calves in even in some deep bedding, you know, why not have a, a bigger group to stay warm with than just two of them? So uh, that's one thing that we certainly consider as well as the group size. The more uh, calves together, I think, creates more heat, uh, keeps them warmer. So we've maybe went a few more animals in one group size than what I wanted, but it's uh, for helping them stay stay warm during the winter and and deep bed, you know, they're, they're out of the wind. We, we got to keep them out of the wind. That's probably the biggest thing too. But, um, you know, group, group numbers. I never really thought about that until I saw these two calves and it was like, Oh man, you're, you're kind of shivering too. Let's put you over and uh, give you some more friends to stay warm with. So that's what we did. Yeah. You know, that's a good strategy is sometimes just those temporary, like this is a bigger group size than we normally have, but 
you know, the the idea being this way they can all stay warm together. And, and you know, I think and especially with calves, you know, when I think of a cow, I just think of a giant radiator with legs. Right. They have that rumen going. That's really what helps keep them warm. And of course, calves, even weaned, they're not fully up and running yet. Right. They're just not producing the amount of heat that that a lactating cow is right. For obvious reasons. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that was one thing I'd never thought about, kind of regrouping or making bigger groups to ensure there aren't, yeah, two two loners trying to keep each other warm. And we're we're probably we probably move a few more animals than what we do in the winter time than compared to other people. You know, we're we're probably moving animals just to help them stay out of the wind. You know, probably now mid January we probably don't think much about mud, uh, but you know that could happen in two months. So we have to sort of think about where do we want these animals to be? You know, how close do we want them to the barn? How close do we want them to say milking parlors? All of that when March comes, because then we need to regroup and think about things all over again. But, you know, winter is, it sounds harsh. It sounds harsh to be out wintering, but our animals do quite well. Uh, They, you know, they grow well. Um, We have less health problems. I do, you know, November and December was kind of pretty harsh on us and a lot of producers in, in the Midwest with the weather fluctuating so much, there was just a lot of respiratory problems that we saw and especially calves. And we had, we were not immune to that either, but when it's really cold like this, a lot of those uh, respiratory issues tend to go away and a lot more uh, health issues, um, happen. One of the biggest things that I, I think about now is is ice and slippery conditions for cows and heifers. So we're, I wish uh, you know people with uh, cows in the freestyle barn. It's pretty easy. Uh, yeah, there there's other issues, you know, frozen manure things like that you might have to deal with. But and sometimes uh, we make decisions on a daily basis on where to move animals, how to, you know, do we need to put some salt down? Do we need to put some sand down for traction for cows or you name it? It's always, it's always something uh, new and challenging, but uh, I guess that's what keeps us going. Yeah. But, you know, I think that's an important point, Brad, is, is being adaptable and, Keeping in mind that your animals are adaptable as well. You know, thinking back to my my caller from Florida a few years ago, right? Uh, part of that explanation was, you know, our animals are acclimated to this weather. And, and you know, that's part of it. Cows are, are comfortable in cooler temperatures because they're radiators with legs. But yeah, you know, I like hearing how you just make these changes in the moment for what you need to do. And you're right that applies to whether you outwinter your cattle, you know, have a lower input system, or you have the big freestyle with all the bells and whistles. Um, There's different adjustments that need to be made. And now as I've been talking here, Bradley, a burning question has jumped into my head because tis, tis the season for it. Have you had any waterers freeze up yet? Or have all the heaters been been working? We have not had any waterers freeze up yet. Nice. Although and we now I've jinxed you, though. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Well, we've, we had the main water line bust in the dairy barn and create a flood one night. Uh, Great. You know, what? <laughs> <laughs> long story short is old barns are not very well insulated or heated or anything. So it's been maintained with a space heater for many years. 
do not put space heaters in barns. <laughs> please don't do that <laughs> from the safety don't person. Do please don't do that. <laughs> but that's an interesting thing that makes me think of a dairy I was on several years ago too that was having issues and with their pipes. And so they just insulated them. I think they got some foam like insulation and they just zip tied it around the lines. And that was something that worked right without um, a super permanent and expensive fix. Um, so please do that instead of space heaters. Please don't leave space heaters on in your barn. Please don't. <laughs> well, yeah, I won't tell you how many space heaters we have going in the barn. La, la, sure la, la, I'm, la. I'm not yeah, listening to exactly. you, Bradley. <laughs> So we got the main water line fixed again, and everything is wonderful. Freezing waters are always a challenge. Doors freezing, you name it. But hey, that's winter in Minnesota. It's always a challenge. Yes. Well, and now now we got a little bit on the safety thing. <laughs> so yeah, please no space heaters in your barns. I, I would amend that to say, you know, if you're like I think of, of our farm, right? Like we would have a space heater in the milk house growing up, but it's like, it was on when we were in the barn, when we were done for the night or whatever, it went off. So just be mindful of those things, right? This is a really common time of year to, to have electrical fires because yeah, we're running more things than usual. Um, you know, floods cause pipes are freezing and, you know, you talked about Bradley putting out, you know, sand and stuff as you think about cows, you know, making sure they don't do the splits. But think about your people, too. You don't want them uh, doing <laughs> doing the splits either on the ice. So, you know, thinking about just those slips, trips and falls, um, you know, and I have been to Morris when it's been snowy and I would say you guys do a nice job of, you know, where people walk to it's it's cleared off or there's sand put down. So, you know, I also want to remind people to think about those things, you know, ice or where ice may form, you know, off the corner of the roof where it's going to drip and freeze and refreeze, um, you know, those types of things. I don't know, Bradley, do you ever wear like tracks on your boots or like the little spiky things? Do you use those? I haven't, but I probably should for as many times as I fall on the ice, I probably should wear some sort of traction to help me uh, do that. But I have seen some people do that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And those work good. And yeah, Bradley, stop falling on the ice. <laughs> when you were young, maybe, maybe Emily's uh, too uh, young to know, but grandma used to put tape on the bottom of my shoes. So it would uh, create traction in the wintertime, sticky tape. Oh, that's, yeah. yeah, I might be a little too young for that. You're right, Bradley. <laughs> I I remember, you know, putting our feet in bread bags and then putting them in our oh, boots yeah. to keep them dry. I remember that one for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. We did that, too. Yes. <laughs> yes. And and of course, you know, the layers, the layers on layers on layers. And there's a reason we do that, right? That is, this sounds dorky, but like it is scientifically proven, like that will keep your body warmer versus one big thick thing, but putting on layers, some that will insulate and then protect from wind, etc. cetera. Um, and I think we've talked about that before, but you know, again, when it's like negative five with a negative 22 wind chill, you really, really think about that. And I really think a lot about frostbite too. Wearing gloves, covering your nose, having your face covered, all of that. Because, you know, with this type of weather, I believe frostbite can set in in like 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. 
yeah, it's pretty pretty fast. Yeah. So, so Bradley, maybe walk me through on a day like today, you're going to be out working at the dairy. What do you have on? What, what things do you put on? Uh, I have under armor on both bottom and top. And then I have uh, another pair of pants and a sweatshirt on. And I probably put a full face mask on with an extra stocking cap. Nice big, I don't know, my kids call them choppers. Yeah, the big mittens. Mm-hmm. And then I have, yeah, I put a, some coveralls on and um, insulated coveralls. So I probably have, what is that, three layers on mm-hmm. probably to, to stay warm. And it actually, it's, it's pretty good. It's, uh, you know, probably the bigger things that get cold really fast are my face and my fingers. But the rest of it, you have enough layers or oh, you're just fine. Just fine. No problems. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. I do um, usually like regular. I'll do like a thinner, like just cotton sock. And then I put on these really thick merino wool socks that guy number two got me hooked on. I know he listens. So guy number two, if you're listening, thank you for the sock recommendation. Those socks are great. Um, And then, yeah, my big, thick boots that also have a liner. I will usually wear like leggings and then pants and then I I like bibs versus like coveralls so that my arms are free. Uh, so I wear like insulated bibs um, with, yeah, usually a t-shirt, a long sleeve shirt, a sweatshirt, and then my coat all over the top. So lots of layers. I wear a buff, which is kind of like a gaiter. So a thing that goes around your neck so I can pull it up and down from my mouth. That's really nice. I actually, <laughs> my favorite buff is the one I stole from Dr. Joe and he's not here. So <laughs> thanks for that buff, Joe. I still use it. <laughs> but yeah. And another thing I do, and I know it sounds crazy. Now, some people know, um, I used to be a runner. I used to run half marathons and then I broke my foot. So I don't anymore. That's not the point. Vaseline petroleum jelly. It's like, it has a lower freezing temperature. So you can actually smear it on your face when it's this cold and it will form a protective layer. So that's also something if you are going to have some exposed skin forehead or something, um, that's a tip I'll do. I'll like just put a little Vaseline on my face. It's going to feel super weird the first time you do it. Um, but that's also a really good way to protect your skin, especially if you are going to be outside for an extended period of time and have some of that exposed skin on your face. That's another thing that you can do and that can help prevent frostbite. So there's all sorts of tips and tricks. And, you know, it's just a matter of, I think of it this way, like take that extra time to put on that extra layer or smear that Vaseline on your face or whatever you're going to do. Right. Because the point is always save you time in the long run. You know, if you end up getting frostbitten fingers and are out for a week, um, that's, that's not saving us time. And I know it's easy to really, I don't want to say forget about these things, but there's so many other things we're thinking about. And normally we're thinking about the cows first and the barn and the water pipes and all of that. And so what are we doing to take care of, you know, ourselves as well? Did you ever have moon boots when you were younger? Do you know what moon boots are? I know what moon boots are. I don't think I ever had any. Pretty sure my sister did. Those were the <laughs> style back in the day. They were not warm. So you should have really warm boots, especially in the wintertime, insulated ones. Those are probably the big thing because your toes will freeze really fast too. Sometimes I'll get these uh, insulated 
hand warmers that you can put in your toes or your gloves to help too when it's really cold out. If you know you're going to be outside for a long period, I would recommend those. Yes. Brad probably remembers one time uh, Joe and I were out there helping him tag some cattle, I believe, some heifers. And I did not have insulated, like lined boots. I just had my rubber boots. And so I was like, I'll just wear several layers of socks. Oh, Lord, that didn't work. That didn't work. So please, yes, make sure you have specific boots for winter that, yeah, have that extra insulation, waterproof lining, et cetera, all of that. Because if your feet are cold, at least I know for me, if my feet are cold, I cannot focus on anything else except how cold my feet are. Like that time we were out there helping you because then I had to go sit in the van to warm up because I was too cold. I couldn't help. <laughs> and that also, I find, you know, it affects your mood when when you're cold and you don't feel good and you're trying to work. Um, you know, it just makes it that much harder. So so just doing those little things and, and making those investments in some of those pieces that can help keep you focused on your work. You know, you you really have to think about this from from every angle. At least that's what we do here. Right. For, for our listeners, we think of it from every angle for you. So thinking about that piece too. All right. Well, you know, I think that's as good a place of any to wrap it. Uh, you know, again, we kind of just did a potpourri today. Hopefully we gave you some things to think about as you are farming in the winter and the cold weather. You know, again, we just encourage you to, to be safe. You know, think twice about what you're doing. Dress warm. Uh, keep your cattle dry and out of the wind to the best of your ability. I would say those are the major conclusions from today. That sounds good to me. I'm ready to go back outside. All right. Well, yeah, Brad <laughs> has to start layering up here. Uh, so I think we will just leave it there. So if you have questions, comments, or scathing rebuttals about today's episode of The Moose Room, you can email us at themooseroom at umn.edu. Or you can give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 612-624-3610. You can find us on the web at extension.umn.edu. Find us on Twitter at UMN Mooseroom and at UMN Farm Safety. And of course, find Bradley on Instagram at UMNWCROCDairy. That is all we have for you today, folks. We hope that you stay warm and we will talk to you all next week. Bye.